630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Lead the Flames 1-0 in the third, also in the third. Rangers up 4-1 on the Islanders. Bruins up 5-4 on the Flyers. 2-0 Capitals lead the Hurricanes. And in the second period, it's St. Louis 2, Anaheim 1. Oilers in Nashville tomorrow. Zach Cassian will not play. He's been suspended for two games for being the aggressor against Matthew Kachuk in the second period on Saturday. I would expect Josh Archibald to move up to play with McDavid and Neal. Ryan Nugent Hopkins didn't practice today, should be good tomorrow. Gagne filled in with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Now, Matthew Kachuk, speaking after the morning skate in Montreal today, was asked, like, shouldn't you have fought Cassian when he wanted to fight you? What's going on? It was probably the right thing to do for me there, just, and if it was a a player, a different type of player, maybe, um, maybe somebody closer to to me out there maybe um but i it wasn't the right time to do it to right against the right person i mean i have a feeling half the people in the league wouldn't do it uh or wouldn't you know go with uh go with that guy i just think that it's it, i'd rather be out there than in the box with him and i'm sure you ask the rest of my teammates they'd rather me out there instead of uh you know taking off the ice for however long with, with him they'd uh yeah i think they'd rather keep me on the ice that's for sure and James Neal was uh, told about that quote today. Kachuk saying he doesn't need to fight Cassian. Here's James Neal's response. And don't be taking 12-foot runs at him trying to trying to kill him. So uh, You don't see anyone else in the league doing that because they know they have to fight him. So uh, That's why you don't see that happen. Am I going to go see, see Luch come around the net and go target his head and run 12 feet and try to kill him? No, because he's going to kill me. So Does this boil down I don't to get respect? It. Yeah, it's a huge respect thing, and um, you don't see guys doing that to other guys because they have respect for for other guys. And um, there's places on the ice where um, you know you have to let up on guys, and um, you're in a vulnerable, vulnerable position there, coming around the net, and you're focused on focused on taking a puck to the net. You're focused on trying to score a goal, make a play, and you're in uh, you're in a battle with another uh, with another player, a defenseman, and uh, you see a guy come down and, and take a run. So. Um, like I said, I just don't, don't really understand it. All right, that's James Neal, who is pretty outspoken today about this whole situation. Reminder, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classic Spun with a modern twist. 780-496-0063. That is how you both call and text Inside Sports. Beverly on the line. Hello, Beverly. Hi, uh, hi Reed. How are you doing? Good. Um, yeah, I'm just a little hot under the collar uh, about all this, and uh, I just wanted to make a, just a simple comment that uh, the Oilers, uh, you know, what they have to do, especially against Calgary coming up, they've just got to go out, and they've just got to hit everybody. And I mean good, solid body hits, clean hits, 
you know, not hitting from behind, hacking with the stick, you know, hit the head, all this stupid stuff. That's just stupid. Go and just take a clean body hit. But they've played like that before. When they play with emotion and they hit, most times they win the game because it doesn't, the other team doesn't get a chance to really get into it because they're hammering them every time, you know? And that's the way they can play that kind of game. And uh, they should play it more, more than they do. And definitely when they play with Cal- against Calgary, they should definitely do that. And just let them know that they mean business and shoot the darn puck. <laughs> well, you know what, Beverly? The, the Oilers were, were pretty physical in Toronto. Yes. And I actually thought they were pretty physical in Boston. I mean, Dreisaitl yes. took a... Quite frankly, it wasn't a, a very smart elbowing penalty three minutes into the game and Boston yeah. scored, but Leon kind of brought an edge, and I think he brought some other players along with him in, in Boston. So the Oilers can do it. Yeah, Can they do it all they the time, can. and can they do it against Calgary? Yeah. That's the challenge. It, well, that's the thing, and against Calgary especially. I mean, they, they, they've got to do it more than they, than they do, and they've got to really do it with, with, with Calgary. Just come out, start from... Minute one, and just hammer them, you know, every chance they get. And this is the whole team should be doing this, you know what I mean? Not just a couple of guys, you know. And just just go out and, and let them know that, uh, you know, and, and if they play like that, and they play like that more often, um, and shoot the puck more often, uh, you know, we're going to win some games. Beverly, thanks for calling. Talk to you again. Okay, bye. Beverly, seven eight zero four nine six. 0063. My buddy Bacon Man texting in. He says uh, Cassian is the only player night after night that plays physical. Dreisaitl plays more physical than most Oilers. Most of them just stand around with their eyes wide open when an altercation is happening. Mike Smith is the team's third most aggressive player, and that's bad. Bacon Man ranking the Oilers' aggressive players Cassian, Dreisaitl, and then Mike Smith. And Lyle writes in. He says, uh, I agree with uh, Zach Cassian's statement about Kachuk. The little man is going to get his wagon fixed from somebody one of these days. And uh, Lyle also sent in a photo of a thermometer. I think it is minus 42 wherever Lyle is tonight. Stay warm, buddy. Stay warm. Fred on line two. Go ahead, Fred. Hey, I just uh, had a comment about the Cassian situation there. Sure. Uh, my opinion, I think... Uh, it's kind of a bit of a joke how everybody's crying about Kachuk running around taking hits at people. Like, Cassian's a big boy. He wasn't hurt. So how about he controls his emotions and, you know, it's just uh, whiny, like, poor me kind of thing. Like, let's worry about winning the game instead here. Well, did you hear what Tippett said after the game? No, I didn't. Tippett said he, Tippett said he didn't think, he didn't like what Kachuk is doing, but he wished Cassian would have taken a number and found a more appropriate time as opposed to hey. late in the second period of a tie game. That's bang on, you know. That's What a way better response than to just, you know, snap like that. Now he's out for two games, so hopefully yeah. he learns from it. And... So let, let me ask you this, Fred, because obviously you've been, you've been thinking about this. Do you then, yeah. do you think the league needs to do something about the type of hits Kachuk was delivering, or is it merely up to... Like you said, Cassian or whoever team it is to do a better job ignoring them and measuring their response. I think it's up to the teams and the players. Like, you know, when I played, you know, it's 
it's not something that you need the, the rest of the league to save you from. Like, so what? It's a body check. Maybe if he's injured, that's a different story. Or, you know, if the head's kind of targeted, yeah, sure, it's a bit of a run. But so what? Like, take like you said, you know, Tippett said there, take a number and let's respond in the right way. Like, just suck it up. I'm tired of these crybabies whining all the time. So next game on the 29th of uh, Wednesday, the 29th, how do you want the Oilers to come out in that game? You just heard Beverly's phone call, obviously. Are you in that camp? Yeah, you, obviously you're going to play with emotion, but that's got to be an every night kind of thing. I think you approach it the exact same way you normally should. That's your team identity, right? Just because you're all of a sudden playing playing the Calgary Flames and Kentucky's running at Cassie, and like you go back to the tippet comment there that you'd mentioned you know pick your spot cassian but uh the mindset doesn't change like if you want to be an all-time team and and you want to be uh you know a perennial winner here in in the league then you know that kind of stuff it's just put on the back burner and you approach it the same way every day are they going to get in this year how do you feel about the final 30 some games here they got a chance uh but you know it's inconsistent you tough to say you, you can't put uh too much hope on the oilers but uh i hope so yeah i'm a little worried about the consistency though i think they're gonna they're gonna stay in the fight but i think and i kind of referenced this earlier in terms of the physicality we have seen the oilers do it now i don't know why they can't seem to do it against calgary because they were completely out of the game on the 27th and well, whether you like what kachuk did or not Calgary initiated, and the Oilers wound up retaliating, and that usually gets you into trouble. Yeah, you bet. I mean, hey, they're they're beating Boston. You know, they're beating really good teams. Yeah, it's just hey, it's consistency. So, all right, Fred, we'll talk to you again. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. We also have Kelsey on the line. Go ahead, Kelsey. Or maybe we don't. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. No problem. Ten seven. Clemson leading LSU. This is, uh, where are we, a minute 15 into the second quarter of the uh, NCAA championship game. If you missed this earlier, Chuba Hubbard from Sherwood Park will not enter the 2020 NFL draft. He will return for another season with Oklahoma State. He led the NCAA in rushing this past year with 2,094 yards. KS says, uh, Reed, restraining yourself way easier said than done. Cassian actually did restrain himself. It was the third time he was hit, and that was enough. I don't blame him at all. It would be nice to turn the other cheek, but sometimes enough is enough, and you lock the door. That is from uh, KS. Really appreciate all these comments, guys. I, I, this, this is actually a very interesting debate for me, and I'm glad everybody's uh, doing a good job participating in it for sure. Jordan, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. Hey, so I, I saw the game live, and um, I thought two of the three hits that Kachuk took a run at him should have been charging, and I, and I didn't hear satisfactory explanations. So my first question is just, in all the analysis since the dust has settled, what's your take on that? Like, should they not have, if they're interested in player safety, shouldn't they have at least... Um, you know, done something there. Well, the, the, the league simply said they didn't think that any rule had been violated. And I'm glad you brought this up because here, Paul Stewart, do you remember him when he refed? And he played too. Yeah. He wrote a blog today. So I'm going to get to this now because I've been trying to work it in. He says, not illegal doesn't always equal clean. 
So right. he says that's the type of hit from above the goal line to below the goal line would have drawn an immediate response in the era that I refed in the NHL. This isn't Kachuk's first rodeo. He knew what he was doing, who he was hitting, and what the response was going to be. So Paul Stewart is kind of agreeing that he didn't break the letter of the law, but he knew he was doing something that was frowned upon. So should have the refs given a charging penalty just to just to calm it down? Should have the league said, okay, it wasn't a penalty in-game, but we're going to fine you just because we know you're being a cheeky little bastard? Maybe, may, maybe, maybe. Because there's two things now that, of their lack of, uh, or or uh, I guess uh, by only accounting for one side of what led to this. Number one, you know, uh, you know the fans are going to enjoy it, but someone could get hurt in the next game or two uh, as as the Oilers look, you know, for uh, you know not revenge, but to even the score. Right, um, Calgary's happy they won, but at the end of the day, too, like here's a guy who even after the fact knew who he was hitting. And in the replay of the of the one, I forget if it was the one that led to the fight, but it was the one where he's coming around the net and the lid popped off. There was clearly head contact on the replay. That was the first. And, and should period. the league not like should the should the league not have the should the refs not have the ability to review those plays in the moment if they missed the head contact if they didn't have a good line? Okay, here's because that that was a big thing for me. Like he could have that could have been a season ending ending concussion, right? That was in the the one in the first period, I believe because it was at the other end. And that's right. the one where Kachuk turned and backed into him and, and basically took his eyes off him and Cassim was bent over and kind of his butt kind of went into his shoulder and neck, right, and the helmet popped off. And I, I said earlier, I, I just called the few former players that I know today, and they said, one player really said, I don't like that when you turn and back into a guy when you're hitting because you're you're taking your eyes off him at the last minute and you're kind of you know it's almost like you're saying oh i didn't see what i was hitting but you're doing that on purpose so you don't see what you're hitting right yeah and even like uh people that say that uh casting got in a bunch of you know good punches i mean he didn't really right because he was never squared with him and he was just you know he was just flopping around like i don't think he landed a clean one uh, i don't know what you saw but uh, but yeah, because of the way the league's handled this, I'm I'm sorry to say, but it's it's taken the game out of the game now, and someone's going to get hurt. It may not be Kachuk, it may not be an Oiler, but um, if that's the way they want it to be played, and for zero repercussions against, uh, like you like you said, a dirty play that's not necessarily outside the bounds of the rules, but dirty nonetheless. I mean, there will be repercussions long term, and not necessarily good for safety. Jordan, we'll talk to you again. Thanks. We will consume some bagged milk when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. You can also email inside sports at 630ched.com. Dan did exactly that tonight. He says, Hey, Reed, anyone who calls in, and says after being run three times by Kachuk, just turn the other cheek. Well, that person has never been run or targeted three times while being in a vulnerable position. He should have been a man and fought Cassian. Kachuk is a coward. If you keep poking a bear, don't be surprised when the bear bites you. That is from Dan to Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. You know, sometimes people say to me, Reed, will you put just about anybody on your show? I don't know about that, but I do want to welcome Bag Milk from Oilers Nation. 
Hey, Bagel. <laughs> this is just pretty much anybody's week. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I, I always love having you on the show. Uh, I love Oilers, you, uh, You're the uh, blogger emeritus there. Uh, bag milk, not your real name, if just some people are concerned about that. But we love having you on the show. Uh, it could be how, my real name. You I, were I, might, the... I, might, I might take it a step further. Maybe I'll go to the, down to the courthouse and I'll get this changed for real. <laughs> Maybe you can get uh, Megan and the Prince to adopt you now they're coming to Canada. That'd be nice. They need to experiment bag milk. They need, uh, they need the whole Canadiana experience. What was it like in the rink on Saturday? Because you and a group went down to the game, especially when the Cask and Kachuk thing went down. Yeah, there was, a, there was a group of 100 of us up in the nation section at the Saddle Dome. And first of all, I think it's very important to talk about how that arena is a dump. It is a terrible building, and I hate it. Now, when the shenanigans went, the first hit by Cassie and I think, or uh, the first hit by Kachuk on Cassie and I felt, oh, man, that was a good hit. I felt it was like one of those ones where he caught him. I could see why people would think he was dirty, but then as the game progressed and he took runs two and three at him, the building started to come alive because Oilers fans knew what was probably coming. Flames fans knew what was probably coming. And you could feel the tension in the building. So how has it been? I mean, I, I know you've been listening a little bit tonight. It's been some interesting reaction. People are, are calling in with some very well-thought-out points, I, I, I thought. How has it been on the old interweb? Madness? Are, you know what? Passionate. <laughs> I would say the best. Uh, the best way to talk about it is people are passionate. They've got thoughts about it. You know, as an Oilers fan, obviously I got my orange and blue glasses on when I look at this thing. And I can see both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? I can see why. I was there. I watched it happen. I could see why Cassian tuned him up. And, you know, if you respect the code, a guy like Jason Strudwick was, t- uh, was tweeting about it today where he's like, you know what? If you're going to go headhunting like that, eventually you're going to have to answer the bell. And one of your callers just said, you know, if you poke the bear, you get the claws. So that's what Kachuk did. And I thought he made himself look like a fool by turtling and basically going into the fool, into the fetal position. However, at that stage of the game, Dave Tippett was 100% right when he said, listen, Cass needs to pick his spots better because that was a tie game. Obviously, the Flames scored the winner on the power play. Those are important points. That could have been a, you know, that could have been a four-point swing the other way had he maybe picked a spot and tried to hit him with a hit of his own later on. So I see both sides of it. I mean, I love Cassian's passion. I loved his post-game interview. I love that he wasn't going to let Kachuk get away with it. But I also do agree that if this is the kid that you're going up against and you know he's not going to fight you, maybe it's time to crumple up Johnny Gaudreau in a little ball and throw him in the stands then. <laughs> Actually throw him into the stands like a ball of paper. That's what I'm saying. Like, we know Kachuk's not going to fight. He is a turtle. He's going to retract his little Franklin head into its shell, and he's going to quiver, and he's going to have his mouth guard hanging out, and he's going to be all lippy about, oh, well, Cassian's not the kind of player I'd fight. No, of course you wouldn't fight him because he'd tune you up. However, you know, like I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Matt Barnaby earlier. If you're going to throw those hits around... It's going to come to you. And I hope that when, they, when the Battle of Alberta resumes on the 29th, that the Oilers are picking their spots better. You can't waste time on Matt Kachuk. That is his game. That's his game. And if they're wasting too much energy trying to goad him into something, it's not going to work. So they need to hit the, they need to hit the Goudreaux. They need to hit, uh, you know, 
the Monahans, they need to hit the players that matter and maybe do a little bit of an eye for an eye because wasting energy on Kachuk, that's, that's what he wants. All right, Bag and, Milk, we're, we're in the last 40 seconds here. You guys often mobilize quickly uh, because you know what Oilers fans want. You had the Something in the Water t-shirt right away. You had the Real Steel t-shirts as soon as Neil had that four-goal game. Have you guys already reacted with a t-shirt in relation to this? We have got the Save the Turtle shirt up at nation, uh, nationgear.ca. It is flying off the shelves, Reed. It is a little red turtle with a number 19 on it. It is a nondescript, no-player T-shirt, but everyone understands the message. And, buddy, I'm telling you, there are hundreds that have already been sold. And if you order these by the 17th, we are going to get them to you by the Battle of Alberta on the 29th. So we want to see the building filled with these things. All right. So if you these are all on OilersNation.ca, or is it doc, it's .ca, right? NationGear.ca. Nation we also have up on our... All our social media, official Oilers Nation on Instagram, Oilers Nation HQ on Twitter. All right, and enjoy the hinterland who's who. I, I made that with you in mind. Well, I appreciate that, buddy. That is Bag Milk. Check it in from Oilers Nation. This is Inside Sports on Chad. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Well, Matthew Kachuk and the Calgary Flames lose tonight. In fact, they don't even score a goal. The Montreal Canadiens beating Calgary 2-0 this evening. Also, it's the Rangers pounding the Islanders 6-2. Late in the third, Bruins and Flyers now tied at 5. Boston had a 5-2 lead in that game. 2-0 for the Capitals over the Hurricanes with two and a half minutes left. Ovechkin, both goals for the Caps, now is 28 on the season. And after two, St. Louis leading Anaheim 3-1. NCAA football championship game. Nine minutes left in the first half. Clemson leading LSU 17-14. Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers suspended for two games. Won't play tomorrow against the Predators. He'll also miss Saturday's matinee against Arizona. Oh, but he will be back. He will be back for the game against the Calgary Flames on the 29th. Darnell Nurse suspended for a similar incident back in March of 2016. It's not fun. you got to go and plead your case and... Uh, in the case that you know, he, he wasn't in the wrong, so um, you hope that uh, you hope that they look at uh, they look at all parts of the, the situation, not just you know maybe the, the penalty that he got, but everything that kind of led to it, what came after it. Um, you got to take all those factors uh, into play. I think you know, there's there's a hit or two in there that I think you know, we've been talking about in, in the league, trying to take away from the game. And, uh, if it's thrown on someone else, we might be having a different discussion right now. This texter says, Kachuk's a dirty player. He knew what he was doing, who he was doing it to. He's always played like this. I don't blame Cassian for losing it, but he could have handled it better that would have benefited the Oilers. Cassian is not a whiny baby. It's easy for people to talk when they're on their couch in their living room or like me in a chair in a radio studio. And uh, Clayton says, when does common sense from the league come into play? It's a joke. The NHL should be embarrassed. I've thought about this, and the double standards uh, have been going on for a lot longer than this latest installment. Refs and NHL officials need to look in the mirror because this kind of garbage is losing a fan base. 
That is a text from Clayton to 7804960063. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this for a while, and it adds more fuel to the Battle of Alberta, which I will say, I mean, people are, are saying with another caller say, well, we're, you were losing me as a fan, but I think this sort of hatred helps you be a fan, especially of the Battle of Alberta. Like, this is true hatred. This is not two guys who brushed it off after the game and just said that's part of the game. This was name-calling. This was accusations of being cowardly or stupid or, uh, you know, dirty, things like that. So it, it does add fuel to the fire in that regard. Certainly we're going to keep debating how it was officiated and how the uh, the NHL has handled it as we move along. A couple other notes here. Danny Machocha, former Eskimo coach and general manager. Now the general manager of the Montreal Alouettes. Chuba Hubbard will return to Oklahoma State. The kid from Sherwood Park led the NCAA in rushing. And uh, we'll probably get more into this later on in the week. Well, I might touch on it later on in my conversation with our next guest. The Houston Astros dinged big time. First of all, their co- their manager and GM suspended for a year, but then the team came out and fired them. Massive fines. Investigations will continue for sign stealing, primarily in the 2017 season. And this was using electronics and uh, signaling, uh, you know, based on, on cameras and all that kind of stuff. So the Astros getting hit pretty hard there. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Alex Gold is a radio host with 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, and we want to talk about an incredible NFL game yesterday and a pretty interesting weekend overall. Alex, how are you doing? Hey, doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I, I know you were sitting around late Sunday night expecting a message from a Canadian radio host to come on his <laughs> show, so thanks for rolling with yeah. us. Uh, it's great, though, to talk some Chiefs football. I'll tell you what, I also was thinking about early on in, in the first quarter, I didn't think I'd be doing many of these interviews. I think the season was about to be over. So it's 24 nothing for the Texans. You know, the Chiefs have had some pretty good teams over the years, and they've always fallen short. Andy Reid has had some pretty good teams over the years, both in KC and Philly, and they've always fallen short. Was that what was going through your mind as, as the first quarter was going on? Like, here we go again, another choke job? To some extent, but not so much on the Andy Reid route, and he definitely would have taken a heavy dose of criticism if the Chiefs would have ultimately lost that football game, especially in the fashion that it was looking like it was headed. But it would have been more about, all right, here you go again, with the Chiefs in past playoff woes. I mean, there's a long list of, of things that have popped up over the last really 25 years, and even in recent history, whether it was blowing you know big-time leads in Indianapolis a couple of years ago or having the Ford lineup offsides a year ago in that AFC title game against the Patriots, it seemed like, okay, here's another thing that's going to happen that we're going to talk about for years and years and why the Chiefs can't get over this hump. That's what I think most of the mindset was, and and then somehow, some way, the Chiefs kind of settled down a little bit because I don't know what you thought, but watching the game, and I was at Arrowhead on Sunday, it was more about the Chiefs beating themselves than it really was the Texans playing you know, out of this world or anything like that. It was just a disastrous start for Kansas City. Was what if, so speaking of beating yourself, though, and, and I agree, I mean, they had the punt blocked, uh, Hill fumbled the punt on his own five, so they, they set up... Uh, they set up the Texans in very good positions, obviously. What what has Houston and the coaching staff said about faking a punt in their own end with a big lead? It was interesting. First off, with Bill O'Brien, and, and as he, you probably would expect, took plenty of criticism for that decision. He basically said they felt like it was a good opportunity. They, had, they felt like they had the right play uh, to do it. And even Andy Reid, head coach of the Chiefs, 
kind of defended Bill O'Brien, and I know a lot of coaches won't throw a, an opposing coach under the bus or anything like that, but he basically said, hey, I know Bill O'Brien's going to face all this criticism, but he thought it was a good call by O'Brien and just a great play by Daniel Sorensen. And I, I do think it was a great tackle on that fake punt by Sorensen of the Chiefs and someone that was just all over the football field, played 109 plays. I mean, that, that's a ridiculous amount of plays, defensively and special teams combined. Uh, I felt like it wasn't necessarily the worst play necessarily it's just the decision making didn't make a lot of sense considering on the prior possession bill o'brien had an opportunity i thought truly to put the chiefs away on a fourth down opportunity in fact it was fourth and short inside the chiefs 10 they had the offense still out there ended up having to burn a timeout and bill o'brien admitted to oh we just didn't have a play call ready which just is inexcusable in that situation they settled for a field goal and that was really the first win of the game for the chiefs holding the texans to three points and that was prior to the big fake punt call that the Texans went with and the Chiefs came up short, set up the short field and, and really that was the one play I think everybody points to that, that swung the game and kind of got the Chiefs some life. So they were down by 24, they win by 20 in uh, the the most remarkable turnaround in, in NFL post. I mean it wasn't quite the same as the Bills-Oilers comeback but the the point spread it wound up was a, was a more significant swing. Can you tell me... Oh, it's ridiculous, yeah. Can you tell me the story about the fireworks? This is kind of on a lighter note, but it's it's pretty funny. It is. You know, so I was at the game. I was just there as a fan, as a matter of fact. And it was late. At that point, the Chiefs had the game in hand and had scored 41 unanswered. They got 51 points on the board. And all of a sudden, you hear an announcement from the PA announcer. And then I look up at the Jumbotron, and I snap the photo of it. You probably have seen it by now. And essentially, it was saying that, hey, we've run out of touchdown fireworks, which are separate from the end-of-game fireworks, which they still shot off. And so it was it was ultimate trolling, essentially saying, hey, uh, due to the Chiefs getting in the end zone <laughs> multiple times, uh, we, we've run out of these fireworks. We apologize. If you don't need complaints, make your way to uh, the guest services tent, essentially. And so it was just good trolling. That thing blew up like crazy. But, you know, with Patrick Mahomes leading your offense, you might want to have a few extra fireworks around, huh? Okay, that's it. Alex Gold joining us from Six Dead Sports Radio in in, uh, Kansas City talking about the remarkable Chiefs comeback yesterday, and we'll we'll look ahead as well. I I put out a tweet on the weekend jokingly. I I didn't get to see a lot of the game between the Titans and the Ravens because that was when we had our Oilers-Flames broadcast. But I, I know the stats, and, and I said I wish I could have watched more of the Titans game because I've always wanted to see what football looked like in the 1950s. <laughs> uh, I mean, 160 yards passing in two games while the Henry, the running back, has over, well, I guess he has almost close to 400 yards combined over the two games. Like, do the Titans have to have the ball for 45 minutes to beat, beat the Chiefs? What's your concern here against the hot Titans team? Well, the concern definitely is, as you mentioned, Derek Henry. I mean, he has been incredible really since the Chiefs last played them. I mean, folks remember maybe Kansas City went to Nashville earlier this season and lost that game. Now, they were up and should have won it. There were multiple miscues on special teams. And then, yeah, it was Derek Henry running all over them. That was the first game all year that the Titans had success with Derrick Henry really running everywhere on the field. And then from that point forward, he's running all over everybody, not just Kansas City. And so that's definitely the primary concern about the Titans. You know, Ryan Tannehill has proven that they can go out there and he's not going to throw the ball over the place. That's not how they're going to win football games. And you saw maybe the attempt at the formula that the Patriots tried, which was, okay, we're going to, to some extent, let Derrick Henry get his. But in key moments, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make plays. We all know 
the Titans were able to beat the Patriots. So that, that's the number one concern is Derrick Henry in this game and the concern about the injury status of one of the Chiefs' best players, certainly one of the best on defense and maybe on defense period, and Chris Jones, who did not play against the Texans. He's someone that if they don't have against the Titans on Sunday, uh, that could be big-time trouble for Kansas City. All right. I want to ask you about another big story today. Now, I have not talked about this uh, as much on my show, so I want to get your perspective because you're south of the border, and I assume this came up, or at least you've you've looked into this more closely. I mean, most of my show has been about this Zach Cassian suspension and, and Edmonton's ongoing feud here with the Calgary Flames. Sure. Uh, this Houston Astros story, like this was a relatively elaborate use of technology to steal signs and and do you think this might be more widespread in the majors uh than we know about it's just houston got caught that's interesting i actually worked out in houston prior to coming back up to kansas city for about a year and a half so i had a chance to cover the astros a little bit and to answer your your last question there is about widespread or not and i absolutely think there's no way it was just the astros using technology heck we 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 have examples in recent history with the whole Apple Watch scandal involving the Yankees and the Red Sox, and now Alex Cora, who was the bench coach for what the scandal was down in Houston. He's now, of course, the manager of the Boston Red Sox. So I, I do think it's more widespread, but this was kind of a last warning for anybody else that's still doing this. And I, I don't think you're, you're ever going to get to a point where, where teams aren't trying to, to stretch the rules. But I will give Major League Baseball – credit here with the punishment that was handed down now nothing's going to take away from a world championship this isn't collegiate sports where banners are coming down rings are being turned in or anything like that fans will always have that memory but it's absolutely tainted if you're the houston astros and to see major league baseball not only lay down a five million dollar fine on jim crane and a couple draft picks being lost i believe as well not to mention initially one year suspensions for the general manager jeff luno and then h.a hinch i mean those are massive suspensions and then jim crane the owner essentially said uh, we're going to distance ourselves from these guys this isn't us cheating as an organization it's these two guys fault essentially and they go ahead and fire both of them today so that was about as strong as you could possibly imagine well and i gotta end it on a hockey note and i i believe there is an edmonton calgary tie to kansas city because is kansas city not the echl home for the calgary flames Team. I mean, it's basically the double A hockey team. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's correct with the, the Mavericks right. here in Independence, actually, uh, on the Missouri side. I think you're absolutely correct about that. And hockey is kind of interesting in Kansas City. That's always been a big push, trying to get more ice, really, around the area and grow the sport of hockey around here. Interesting stuff. Well, Alex, thanks for uh, checking in on that, on that wild game in Kansas City. I wanted to get a firsthand perspective because that's definitely a memorable one in the National Football League. Really appreciate your time, buddy. I hope we can talk again. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. That is Alex Gold calling in from 610 Sports Radio in uh, Kansas City. That was uh, remarkable. The, the turnaround, I mean, Houston looked like they were going to have it won by halftime. Not so fast. Chiefs stormed back. Ravens, incredible story. Another upset. 49ers looked very solid in taking down the Vikings 27-10. And the Seahawks' formula of falling behind every game finally came back to bite them because 21-3 at the half and uh, 28-10 later on. Just ain't going to work, Kellen. Did you get to watch? Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Uh, yeah, it, I, I had a bad feeling going into yesterday well, anyway. So <laughs> I had a bad feeling when they signed Marshawn Lynch. And yeah, I know that was he still kind of grasping power. at straws, wasn't it? I know he still has power, and he scored touchdowns. 
but he, I mean, Homer was more explosive when they, they had to use him. But, and I know it was because of the injuries they went right. and got Lynch, but if he's your feature running back or your or your 1B after being, you know, retired and not quite what he used to be, that's going to be pretty tough. It is 7.48. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, some final thoughts, final look at the scoreboard when we get back. Hi, I'm James Neal from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet. And James Neal, very outspoken today about Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian. Cassian has been suspended for two games. Now, the Oilers did their media availabilities today before the suspension was announced. It didn't get announced until, I think, just after 5 this afternoon. Zach Cassian didn't speak today. Uh, apparently, he is going to speak tomorrow. Uh, I asked a little bit... Uh, to Dave Tippett about the Kachuk hit. It's, a, it's, it's not a good hit. It's a hit that I was I thought was trying to get out of the game, but we'll see how it goes. So what, you have a player like Cassian, his his response and just how he plays in general, what has that meant to you? What have you seen from him as a coach? He's a hard player. Competes hard. You know, what he, Cass is he's a hard player to play against. Are you, you said something about you wished he would have taken a number after Saturday's game more time to think about well, I wish we would have killed the penalty right kill the penalty that's you know but it's a tight game it's, it's you, there's times when you should take care of it but um, we kill the penalty it's no problem alright there's a little bit there from Dave Tippett after Oilers practice today again here is uh, James Neal of the Edmonton Oilers reacting to Matthew Kachuk saying he doesn't need to fight someone like Cassian. And don't be taking 12-foot runs at him trying to trying to kill him. So uh, you don't see anyone else in the league doing that because they know they have to fight him. So uh, that's why you don't see that happen. Am I going to go see, see Luch come around the net and go target his head and run 12 feet and try to kill him? No, because he's going to kill me. So Does this boil down I don't to get respect? it. Yeah, it's a huge respect thing. And... Um, you don't see guys doing that to other guys because they have respect for, for other guys. And um, there's places on the ice where, um, you know, you have to let up on guys. And um, you're in a vulnerable, vulnerable position there, coming around the net, and you're focused on focused on taking a puck to the net. You're focused on trying to score a goal, make a play, and you're in uh, you're in a battle with another uh, with another player or defenseman. And uh, you see a guy come down and, and take a run. So, um, like I said, I just don't don't really understand it. All right, that is James Neal, and you can get more on this, more quotes today on uh, the Oilers page, globalnews.ca, 630ched.com. Danny Machocha, formerly of the Edmonton Eskimos, well, it's been a while, but he was here a little over a decade ago, is the new general manager of the Montreal Alouettes. Well, we're clearly behind the eight ball. I'm not going to deny it. We're probably would have been ideal if we uh, if we'd be all sitting here about a month ago, but that's not a reality right now. So, uh, you know, I've already started to take a look at the roster. There's some roster bonuses that are coming up. There's some free agency uh, decisions that need to be uh, taken moving forward, whether we sign people or we don't. Who are we pursuing? Uh, these are all conversations that are, that have to take place here in the next little while. 
Danny Machocha, a GM of the Montreal Alouettes, who were a pretty exciting team at times last season, eventually eliminated by the Edmonton Eskimos in the East semifinal. Manager and GM of the Houston Astros fired after they were both suspended by MLB for cheating. The investigation was underway for months. Commissioner Rob Manfred promised the MLB would get to the bottom of what was going on. We're going to follow this the, the, these leads. Now the MLB saying it has determined the Astros did use technology to decode and steal the signs of their opposing teams. As a result, Astros GM Jeff Luno and manager A.J. Hinch are suspended for a year. The team loses first and second round draft picks for two years. The team is fined $5 million and the Astros form Former assistant GM is now on baseball's ineligible list. Alex Stone, EBC News. All right, D squared writes in. He says if the refs called the first headshot by Kachuk, it would have been a different outcome. Entire narrative would be about McDavid's incredible goal, but the refs blew it. The NHL blew it, penalized the wrong guy. That is from D squared. And Mark writes in. He says, uh, uh, here's the thing. The check that got Cassian suspended was dirty but legally applied. The first check was dirty and not applied legally. Kachuk targeted his, his head, caught his neck and head with the side of his torso. The ref screwed up and missed that. I have no issue with the other check. I do, however, take issue with Kachuk not answering the bell. Mark goes on to write, he's a wimp, a punk, and a coward. The league needs to call him to account. Failure to hold little Matthew to account will result in him being dummied out of the league like Sean Avery or worse, injured like in the Bertuzzi incident. That is a text tonight from Mark to 780-496-0063. If you missed this early, there is a special hinterland who's who that has been made about Matthew Kachuk. The flaming sea turtle makes his home in Calgary, but can be spotted on frozen services all over Canada and the United States. He can be recognized by the number 19 on his shell. The flaming sea turtle will often sneak up on prey. He's known for quickly retreating into his shell after he attacks. While he can appear aggressive, the flaming sea turtle is actually quite timid and likely wouldn't survive for long in the wild. This generation of the animal is considered to be less noble than its predecessor. For a more complete story of the flaming sea turtle, why not contact the Canadian Wildlife Service in Ottawa? Is that a a recorder? (laughs) What instrument is that? A windpipe, I think. (laughs) It's just just a windpipe. Uh, That's funny. All right, uh, 7804960063. Final look at the scoreboard. The Flames lost 2 0 to Montreal. Rangers knock off the Islanders 6 2. Uh, Flyers and Bruins. Did the Bruins just win? I saw somebody tweeting about Brad Marchand. Oh no, the Bruins lost. Oh, Marchand overskated the puck at center. Well, a lot of people will like that. So uh, Flyers win 6-5 in a shootout. Capitals 2-0 over the Hurricanes. That's a final. And the Blues are leading the Ducks 3-1 in the third. The football game, LSU up 21-17 on Clemson with 3.49 left in the first half. Again, more on the two-game Cassian suspension on 630Ched.com. Face-off show at 5.30 tomorrow. Game at 7, Oilers and Predators. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for all your participation. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.